This is TM Camp, and you're listening to the podcast edition of my novel, Assam and Darjeeling. Book Two, The Winter Palace, Chapter Sixteen. G tried very hard not to cry. They walked back through the palace, and with each step they were getting closer to the time when she would have to say goodbye, so with each step her misery increased. It was time to go, she knew. There was no reason to stay, now that her brother had been cured. They had to move on to find their mother. She knew this, but she didn't want to leave. She didn't want to say goodbye. If she had been slightly younger, she might have thrown a tantrum. She half wanted to, even now, even though she knew it was no use. The only thing that kept her from it was that she didn't want to spoil their remaining time together, time that was slipping away with each step they took. But it was already spoiled. Even Winterly seemed to feel it saying very little as they walked through the empty, lonely halls. The only point that she came close to smiling was when G reached up to take her hand. She looked down at the girl fondly. Apart from that brief moment, the faint flash of happiness in her eyes, very little helped hold back that wave of loneliness following after them that terrible tide rising to fill the rooms behind them, an ocean that Winterly would sink back into once G and her brother were gone. And then she would drown. Neither Winterly nor G said anything. It was just too sad. Assam was silent also, overwhelmed not by sadness but by sheer amazement and wonder. There was so much to see he could feel his eyes opening up, stretching like the jaw of a snake to swallow everything he saw. It wasn't just the splendor of the palace. Beneath it all, the world had layers and layers that he had never known before, each one superimposed over something far larger and deeper than the one above. Take the statues, for instance, frozen in time and space, unmoving and silent as the death they were forever fixed within. But within the statue, beneath that marble shell, he could see the person, alive and warm, watching him as he passed. And around them, a hazy mist twined and looped, faint lights glittering within the pale tendrils, little flickers and glimmers of the people within, memories of what had once been their lives in the world above. Assam knew he ought to be frightened. He was starting to get an idea of what the old man, what the king, had meant. It was very interesting, indeed, and he was interested to see what would happen next. He wondered briefly if he would be able to see like this, to be allowed to see like this, once they returned home. He wasn't entirely sure if he would even want to. Before he could reflect further on this, two things happened that brought him out of his thoughts. First, they passed through an open archway into a large foyer. Then, his sister burst into tears. Winterly knelt down and embraced the girl. 
Assam realized that this was where they had first entered. He stood there, awkward and self-conscious, while the two of them collapsed into each other and wept. It was almost too sad to endure. He could feel their sorrow intensely, weighing their sadness seeping out of him, crashing around them like waves one after the other. It was too sad. He sat down on the marble floor, his legs giving out in the face of that storm washing over them all. Eventually, finally, mercifully, the storm subsided. It was still there overhead, all that sadness waiting to come crashing down on them once more. But now they could stand again. Winterly could open her eyes, stroke G's hair, tell the girl that it was all right, make soothing noises, and offer the empty promise that no child believes. I don't want to go, G said. Winterly hugged her. I know, love, but you have to nonetheless. You have things you need to do. I want to stay with you. The girl could hear the petulant whine in her voice, and she hated herself for it. Your mother needs you, Winterly said. That's all that matters now. That's all that can matter. He can go. He can be the hero. The queen put her hand under the girl's chin and gently lifted her face. He needs you too. G opened her eyes. Her brother lay slumped on the floor next to them. What happened? She stood up and went to him, nudging his shoulder. He groaned. Winterly came over and knelt next to her. She stroked the boy's forehead. His eyes fluttered and his brow wrinkled at her touch. His sight has been restored, Winterly said, but it was bought at a heavy price. She put her arm around the girl. Don't worry. In time he will learn how to bear what he has been given, but until then he will need your help and your strength. I don't want to be strong, she said. I want to die. Then I could stay forever. Oh, love, the queen turned to the girl. Never say that. Never want that. I do. Winterly shook her head. No, you don't. Believe me, it wouldn't be the same, and you have too much left to do in your life. You don't want to stop before your time. Why can't I just stay then? I could stay here with you. I'm afraid not. Can't you ask? Gia said. Maybe your husband could... Winterly shook her head. After certain events, he has a tendency to steer clear of doing that sort of thing for people. Maybe he would, though, if you asked. The queen smiled sadly. Doing what I asked is what caused all the trouble in the past, she said with a sigh. And I wouldn't ask. Not for you. Trust me, it wouldn't be good for you to stay. It wouldn't be good for you at all. If you're meant to be somewhere else but end up here, well, it can change you. 
G sniffed. What do you mean? Sometimes people who do that, the exiles, they become twisted, distorted images of what they are, like a reflection in a funhouse mirror, a perversion and a horror to themselves and everyone who cares about them. She squeezed the girl's shoulders. I wouldn't let that happen to you. Maybe it won't, G said sulkily. You don't know. That's true, Winterly admitted. I don't. But I know that you have to go on. This isn't where you should be right now. How do you know? Winterly shrugged. I just do. G leaned against the queen for a moment, knowing this was the truth, knowing she had to accept it. Can I come back to visit? She asked, afraid to look up. She felt the queen sigh. Oh, I don't think so, sweetheart. But people do, she said. He told me so. There's lots of stories about it. There may be, but few of them ever got what they wanted, and none of them were happy here. I'm happy now, she said, crying. Winterly chuckled. This isn't a fairy tale, love. There's no ending and very little happiness. She couldn't tell if Winterly was saying this to her or saying it to herself. Assam groaned again and tried to sit up. What's going on? he asked, his voice thick and muddled as though he'd been asleep. Winterly gave him her arm to lean on. How are you feeling? I'm not sure, the boy answered. His head felt heavy, his whole body felt heavy, weighted down as though his bones were made of lead. Are you going to throw up? G asked him. No, why? Because Dad says that it's better to just do it and get it all out instead of trying to hold it all in where it'll just boil up inside you and make you sicker and sicker until finally you can't hold it in anymore. And then it... No. Assam said firmly, I'm not going to throw up. G looked to Winterly. Do you have like a bucket or something? The queen put her palm on Assam's forehead, looking into his eyes. You'll get used to this, she said after a long moment. You'll learn in time. Assam nodded, wondering how long in time was to someone like her. The three of them stood there, each waiting for one of the others to move, each of them unwilling to be the one to break the simple, comforting structure they'd built together. Then, Winterly sighed softly. At the same time, Assam nodded, and G gave each of them a squeeze. The three of them drew apart, back to normal once again, more or less. Samuel, Winterly said. Yes? Assam immediately realized his mistake. The queen eased his panic with a smile. 
not you. She gestured to a statue standing nearby next to the door. The statue stepped forward, a man with close-cropped hair, a deeply lined face. He had their coats in his hand. G's heart sank at the sight. Um, Assam said awkwardly as he took the coats. Thanks. Almost imperceptibly, the statue nodded. Handing his sister her coat, Assam pulled on his own. It was time to go. There was no putting it off any longer. The queen hugged each of them in turn. Take good care of her, she whispered to Assam. And be careful with yourself. My name is Julia, the girl whispered fiercely to Winterly as they embraced. And I wish I could stay. Winterly held her tightly. I know, love, she whispered back. But your mama needs you. She squeezed the girl once more before letting her go. The queen straightened up, her clothing flickering, pale and luminous. She raised her hands, one palm over each of them, and her voice rang out to fill the room. The fates guide you and keep you. The kindly ones watch over you and yours. The unseen dread will not lay its hand upon you. You will find your path. You will find your home. You will be safe. It was something like a blessing. Something like a prayer. She was every bit the queen in that moment, and both of the children felt her power for the first time. Then she lowered her hands, and the moment passed. She was just winterly once more. Farewell, she said, dipping her head gently towards them. You will always be welcome in my husband's house, and you will always be safe in his kingdom if I have anything to say about it. The children bowed low in unison, although neither of them could have explained why, as they had never done it before in their lives. Behind them, they heard the palace doors open. They turned to see the statue with its hand on the brass knob. Samuel, Assam thought to himself. His name is Samuel. Through the open door he could see the gray sky, heavy with snow. Thank you for everything, Assam said to the queen. She nodded. His sister said nothing. Winterly answered her. You've been listening to Assam and Darjeeling, written and performed by T.M. Camp. A new chapter from the book is available each week. 
free to download at the iTunes Store. To find out more about Assam and Darjeeling, to read my weblog, or to send me your questions and feedback, visit my website at www.tmcamp.com. I hope to hear from you. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you soon. This podcast was written, performed, and produced by T.M. Camp and may not be copied, distributed, transcribed, or otherwise reproduced without his express written permission. Before requesting permission, check with your doctor to find out if Assam and Darjeeling is right for you. Some listeners have reported cases of drowsiness, confusion, or extreme paranoia. Assam and Darjeeling has also been known to cause dementia and hallucinations in some younger listeners. If you or your children experience any of these symptoms, discontinue use immediately and contact a medical professional as death may be imminent. Unless otherwise noted, all contents of this production are copyright 2008, TM Camp. All rights reserved.